Psalm 100, consisting of five verses. Verse four will be the text verse. Still thankful after thanksgiving. That's what we're looking at today. Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise in the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. Can you say amen to that? Amen. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and in truth endureth all generations. Verse four. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Still thankful? Yeah. After thanksgiving. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, what a privilege to be here. And all the wonderful atmosphere of fellowship. It's wonderful. Dear Lord, we offer up praise to your wonderful name. Please accept it. We love you. We adore you. We praise you as our wonderful Lord. Meet every need in this house. Oh, Holy Spirit, be our preacher and share with us wonderful words of life. And dear Lord, I thank you for all you do. For asking in your name and with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. The Bible has a lot to say about being thankful. We're told in Colossians 3.15, Be thankful. Psalm 75.1, Unto thee, O God, we give thanks. And listen to this one. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Notice the apostle said, this is the will of God. Our Lord loves to be praised. And he is worthy of our praise. Bathe him in praise. Thank him all the time for all he's done for you. Isn't he a wonderful God? Now, we ought to praise him every day while we're on this earth and then eternally in heaven. Isn't that going to be wonderful? Just praising him eternally in heaven above. That's what we'll be doing with the multitudes and multitudes of saints at that time. I'll give you a few reasons why we ought to still be thankful even after Thanksgiving. First of all, I'm thankful for a Savior who cares. A Savior who cares. Our Lord never takes a day off. Our Lord never has a personality change. He never has mood swings. He's exactly the same all the time. And whether you realize it or not, he takes care of you every millisecond of your life. There's not one time you're ever alone. You may feel alone. You may think you're alone sometimes, but that is directly impossible because he's with you all the way, even to the end of the world. I'm thankful for a savior who cares. Oh, that's just wonderful. I could spend the whole time talking about that. First Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. That's wonderful. Now, what kind of proof do we have that he cares? Calvary. That's the proof of it all. Jesus Christ went to the cross, paid our sin debt when we were unlovable, unworthy, and uncaring. He loved us still. Nobody does that, but he did it. 
he died for the undeserving and the unworthy. 1 John 3, 16, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. I, I'm not going to uh, what I have or what I feel to try to prove that God loves me. All I have to do is look to Calvary and there I know I'm loved of God. And you are too, because Jesus would not have died for you except that he loved you. That's the only possible explanation you've got that he would do such a thing and die such a horrific death is because he loved you unconditionally. You didn't do a thing for him. You had no thought of him. But he was thinking of you and he fell in love with you and he died for you. Oh, what a savior is mine. I love it. I'm still thankful after Thanksgiving because I have a Savior who cares. There's the proof of it. Romans 5, 6 says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the good people. Is that what it says? No, for the ungodly. You and I, Christ died for the ungodly. That's proof that the Savior cares. The next time the devil climbs up on your shoulder and says you're a fool, God doesn't care for you, Jesus doesn't love you, you take him to the cross and that'll put him to flight every single time. Amen. Calvary is proof that the Savior cares. And then there's the personal nature of it. This is not just a blanket statement and impersonal. This is personal, this is for me and you. I love the way the apostle put it, Brother Doug, in the latter part of Galatians 2.20, he loved me and gave himself for me. Wayne, that's personal. He died for me. He lives for me. And he lives for you and he loves you. That's personal. I love that. That did more for me than anything in my lifetime, delving into the unconditional love of God for me. When I was a kid growing up, I was backward, timid, and introverted. I mean, listen, I didn't even go to eat in a public restaurant until I was 18 years old. I was afraid everybody was looking at me while I was eating. I was bad. I had a terrible background, and I had a lot of insecurity and so forth, and I just was so backward and introverted, and I couldn't get it in my mind how much God loved me because of people who were supposed to love me didn't love me like they should, and I figured God felt the same way. If they feel the same way, God must feel the same way by me too. No, no. And I started delving down in the love of God and how he loves me personally, how he cares for me, how he thinks for me, how he looks after me. And I want you to know that lifted me up and did more for me than anything else in my life. I'm special to God. I'm spoiled rotten. I'm God's little boy. And I love it. I'm God's child. And that's personal. He loves me. And that excites me. After Thanksgiving, I'm still thankful. And after Christmas, I'll still be thankful. And after New Year's, all the rest of it, I'll always thank my God for saving me. He owed me nothing, but he gave me everything. Yes. Wonderful. I'd go around churches when I was a kid, and I was looking for something real 
Frank, looking for something real. I'd go to preachers and I'd listen to them preach and uh, they didn't know hardly anything either. They didn't bring their Bible to the pulpit half the time. They didn't know enough truth to fill grandma's thimble. They didn't know nothing. But I finally got a hold of a preacher. I heard someone who, and I said, I knew it. I knew it. There's more to it than that. And that man had a message from God that changed my life. And from that time on, I've explored the depths of the love of God for me. And for the life of me, I'll never understand it. But I'm having a good time trying. I love it. I love it. What it did for me. There's a second reason why I'm still thankful after Thanksgiving. If you'd like to know what it is, amen. Amen. I love it here, don't you? I love this place. Not only a Savior who cares, but saints who share. Let me read this to you, if you will, please. This is the early church, and, and this is when it was so wonderful, the church of Jerusalem. You don't have to turn there. Acts 2, 42 and 44 and 45. Listen to this. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possession and goods and parted them to all men as every, hand, every man had need. I'm thankful for saints who care. Yes. Saints who share. Sharing, caring, meeting the needs of others. Those Thanksgiving baskets feeding 21 families here in this community. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. That's saints who share. Sharing things. And then Christmas coming up and the Christmas boxes and all of it. And listen, things going around here all year long. People who love the Lord and love other people sharing what they have with others. I love it. Keep it up. Let's do it indefinitely. Let's keep going. Let's reach everybody and let everybody know in this community that Fellowship Baptist Church cares about this community. We love this community. We care about them so much. <clears throat> it's not just during the holidays. It's all the time. I've been yelling at one and it's kind of got me. <clears throat> you believe that, don't you? I wouldn't be here. I'd be pushing up daisies of everything. <laughs> that one. But I'm thankful even after Thanksgiving for a saint to share. I read the story of John Newton, you know, who wrote Amazing Grace, the Baptist National Anthem. Christian anthem. Yeah. And his friendship with William Cowper, William Cowper wrote, There is a fountain filled with blood. I think William Cowper's parents uh, had depressive disorder and it was hereditary. And William Cowper was a depressed man. Even after he was saved, he struggled with depression. Struggled with depression. If you see anybody like that, you pray for them. Depression is one of the worst things that can ever happen to anybody. It's horrifying. You don't want anything to do with that. Push it away if you can. Depression is horrifying. And William Cowper was a depressed man. He met John Newton who pastored a church about 70 miles north of London. And they became the best of friends. Both of them were just prolific writers. They were amazing writers they could write songs hymns all of it they became the best of friends and for 17 years uh, john newton was william cowper's pastor he worked with him he tried to help him every way he could he'd take long walks through the woods with him through uh, trails and talk to him and be with him and spend hour after hour with william cowper he was troubled about him william cowper was a wonderful man but he was plagued with depression. Yeah. 
John Newton wouldn't give up on him. After they parted company, after William Cowper moved away, John Newton wrote him a letter every week for the next three years. Every week he wrote him a letter. Wouldn't give up on him. William Cowper died a depressed man, but not because of John Newton. John Newton never gave up on that man. He loved him. He even took vacations. John Newton worked hard in that church. It grew and developed. He even had a Thursday night Sunday school. I don't know what you mean, a Thursday Sunday school. But he had a wonderful Sunday school, all of it. The church grew and developed, and he worked hard all the time. But sometimes he'd take his vacation time and go visit William Cowper. That's a friend. That's caring. That's sharing. I'm glad I've had a taste of that. And I love it around here. And you love on me, and I love on you, and we love that. But I appreciate my pastor, now in heaven. You heard him one time. You, you met him. You heard him preach. You never heard him when he was at his best. You'd have been amazed. What a preacher. He, he knew his Bible, but he had a homespun country flavor to it. Just amazing. More common sense than anybody ever met. But my pastor... He knew I was going through a hard time and I'd come back to Chattanooga. This back in the 80s. I'd come back to Chattanooga and we lived uh, in the Red Bank part and my wife and I were trying to regroup everything, get everything back together financially. Didn't have anything going. We had some jobs lined up but we hadn't started. Didn't have hardly anything at that time. But at any rate, he was having Sherman Harper for revival meeting at Calvary Baptist Church, my home church. And some of you may have heard of Sherman Harper. What an amazing man. Taught me homiletics. Taught me how to build sermons. Taught me how to preach in 20 minutes. And aren't you grateful? Huh? Taught me how to preach in 20 minutes. Get up, give the message, get out of the way. Say it, just say it and do it. And get out of the way. Don't piddle around. He's having Sherman Harbor for revival. Now listen to this story. I'm talking about saints who share. People who care. Brother Kelton called me and he said, uh, Ron, I want you to come down to the restaurant with us. Brother Sherman and I are going to have a little bite to eat for the church. I want you to come down there and be with us. And you can just kind of enjoy our fellowship. I said, okay. I swallowed real hard because I didn't have a dime. To, I didn't have two nickels to rub together. But I went on down there. And so we got down there and they ordered and got ready to eat. And I said, I, I've already eaten. I lied. I think I lied. I got right with God after that. I said, I'm not hungry. So I just got some water. And I was sitting there. And Pop, I called him. He always watched. He always cared. And Karen, here's what he did. He had this big old sandwich and he was starting to eat. And he knew what I was doing. He knew I didn't have any money. Yeah. He took a bite or two out of it. He said, Ron, this thing is so big I can't eat it. He said, you're going to have to eat half of it. And he slid that over there to me so I wouldn't be so embarrassed. Now, that's little things, yeah. but that's people who care. Amen. That's caring for people. I'm glad for people who care, aren't you? People always look out for you, always want to help, always want to make a difference. And it's the little things, the continual things, the little things that make all the difference. I love it. I love it. I'm still thankful after Thanksgiving. 
not only for a Savior who cares and saints who share, but sinners whose name we need to remember in prayer. Amen. Sinners who need the Lord Jesus. I'm thankful for the privilege to pray for them, aren't you? Listen to 1 Samuel 12, 23. But God forbid that I sin in ceasing to pray for you. We pray for sinners, don't we? Everyone in here knows someone who needs the Savior. And I can't wait till the close of the service and bring Aspen down here with her mother and this love all over her. That little girl came in the family of God today. That's exciting. I love it. I love it. Sinners to whom we should pray. Pray for her. Coming together in a commitment to pray for people. Listen to this. Acts 4.31, talking about the early church. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. The power of God fell on that congregation because they were a praying church and they loved sinners. Power of God was there. Presence of God was there. And it's wonderful. Now when you pray for your loved ones, the Lord may answer that prayer soon or it may take years. But he answers every single prayer. You put that down. He answers every single prayer. Amen. I remember years ago when I pastored Edgewood Baptist Church in Chattanooga. Wonderful church like this one. And there was a man there that everybody knew and loved and invested time in prayer over that man. M.G. Odell was his name. His wife, Rosalie, taught the faithful worker Sunday school class. There was about 40 or 50 women in that class. And every time I walked by there, it scared me to death, that many women in one room. <laughs> about 40 or 50 of them, really. Wonderful lady. But that husband, unsaved, prayed for him for years, long before I ever came. But prayed for him for years. And the whole church loved the man. He was a gracious man, but you just couldn't reach him. And uh, time went by, and I went by one Saturday and saw him at home. Couldn't do anything with him. But lo and behold, Larry, that next day he showed up for Sunday morning services. My soul, M.G. Odell in the Sunday morning services. I preached the message. I don't know. I may have preached on Goldilocks and Three Bears. I don't remember what I preached. I just thinking about that man sitting over there and my soul, is he going to get saved today? I was just so occupied with that. I brought the simple little message and the invitation started. Lo and behold, here he comes down and his wife come with him. Oh my, I still remember that. The whole church just broke out in tears. He knelt at the front and was saved by the grace of God. And right after that, I thought I heard a fire truck go by, but it wasn't that. It was that woman screaming and praising God. She sounded like a siren. Ooh, I mean, she shouted and hollered all over that church. And I told her, I said, leave her alone. She's invested a lot of years in this. Let her have a good time. Amen. Amen. That man was saved by the grace of God. We didn't get out until after one o'clock. I mean, everybody was just beside themselves praising God for M.G. Odell being saved. We need to pray for sinners yes, that they'll be saved and they will be saved. Oh, this precious little girl, Aspen. I always loved her anyway. Aspen saved this morning. Isn't that wonderful in Sunday school? My, everybody in here ought to start coming to Sunday school. You don't know what you're missing. Get in Sunday school. Bring the kids to Sunday school. 
but I'm thankful. I'm still thankful after Thanksgiving because of a Savior who cares, saints who share, and sinners whose name we should call in prayer. Now, what's going on in your heart and mind right now? Where are you? Are you thankful? Are you blessing his name? Do you just want to come and do that today and say, thank God you've been so good to me, Lord Jesus. My family and I love you. You may have burdens. You don't feel much like praising God today. You may be like William Cowper. You're sad. You can't seem to shake it. That's a terrible thing. No criticism for you. But you need help with that. And our Lord can help you today. Amen. If you're not saved or not sure, you can get that settled as well. I want you to, our musicians, come if you will, please. And I want you to be thinking, Lord, do I need to come forward? Are you talking to me? If you do, then you come. And you know why you're coming. And you come and talk to the Savior. He's a Savior who cares. Everyone in here is thankful. I know you are. But if you have a special praise and you just want to come and kneel at his feet, you do that. If you have a burden, you come. If you're not sure you're saved, you come. We're going to sing in just a moment and give you an opportunity to come. And after we finish up with all that, we're bringing Aspen and her mother down here. And we're going to have a old-fashioned time of fellowship and praising God for her salvation. But Roger, what are we going to sing today? Would you stand please? Everyone standing again, 355 at the bottom of the page, He Loves Me. That's a wonderful song. And everybody knows it, so you sing it out. And you come, you just come as you need to today. God bless you. Church. Yeah, sing it, do your best. Yeah.
dismissed on this back at five we're at, what are we having at five choir practice everybody that was in the choir if you can be back at five be wonderful and six o'clock the evening service it's going to be great but let's pray and thank god for the morning together and oh my soul what a morning it has been brother wayne will you pray for us please sir wayne jackson heavenly father who do bow before you what a heart that's filled with thanks this morning for all you've done, Lord, for the saving of this child. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. And this thing goes forever. Bless each one that's here today. Lord, our hearts are overflowing with joy. Thank you for this church, our pastor, and all these ladies, Lord, that work so faithfully with our children. Bless again as we leave this place and bring us back safely. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen.